0: it's friday it's friday it's friday it's friday oh we are so close we are so close to the sunday slate yes that is it my friends what's going on i am chase vernon you guys can find me over there at ff underscore intervention on twitter and i am joined by a man that needs no introduction but i'll go ahead and do it anyways <laughs> joe peace what's going on joe how you doing man
1: Oh, my friend Chase. How's it going, brother? It's good to see you, man. It's uh, week two. Week one was wacky as it always is. And week two, I can't wait for all the uh, the things that people have left for dead that I can put in my lineups that are going to win me money. I'm excited. I'm very excited because last week, the good chalk was Tua and Tyreek Hill. And let's just say Uncle Joe had a good share of it. So that was it was a good time. It was a good time last week. Good start. Oh, let's
0: go. Oh, we, we loved it. We loved it. We were sitting there just talking half the show about that one game on the slate because it oh. was just so juicy. It's like, you know, how could you go wrong with, with playing either side of this lineup? And although Herbert didn't hit as big as Tua did. Man, if you had Tua shares, you were golden. And that was for some of the stuff we gave you last street last week. Excuse me. I was on with with Bo McBryer, and we ah, those good people. Oh, he's great, man. He, his DFS knowledge is superior. He's the one that really wanted to hit this game hard. So we gave you, of course, Tua. We talked about how Tyreek was the guy to stack in that. We gave you some Chris Alave. We gave you some Brandon Ayuk. We told you to fade certain guys like Devonte Adams. We were on fire last week, Joe. We were on fire. So hopefully, hopefully, we can get back to that same point. In week two and make some money because I know that I cashed in on last week's lineups just like you did. Are you yeah. ready to kick this show off, my
1: friend? Let's go. No pressure now. Yeah, everyone did so well last week. So I hope it's not a, you know, blaze of glory down into the uh, the depths of the ocean. But no, it's going to be great. We're going to have a good time. And I'll tell you what, man, I, I think this is a really interesting week because everything you see in week one doesn't necessarily always mean that it's true. And I think that's something you're going to see a lot in a lot of lineups in week two where people are going to go a little too crazy about what they saw last week. That is so well
0: said. Let's do this. Oh, Joe, 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 we are here to discuss this week two slate, of course. And this is the week of redemption. That's that's pretty much what I put the, the show sheet as is the week of redemption, because like you brought up, there are certain people that let you down in week two. You know, we talk about certain guys like T Higgins, who gave you eight targets, eight targets and zero receptions it's only been done a handful of times in nfl history three times actually done by cincinnati Bengals. once it was done by amari cooper who was actually on the other side of the field for that game so he's felt that pain he felt for t higgins but hopefully that does not happen again for i don't know the rest of the season or the rest of the nfl i guess uh slate for dfs when we want to throw those guys in there so with that being said joe I want to dive into somebody that let us down last week, but you're hopping right back on board. This is one of your locks. Can you let us know what that player is?
1: Uh, Yeah, look, in terms of last week, I think it's the collective Bengals, really. Uh, Joe Burrow being the number one guy on that list because he hadn't played football in four weeks. He always struggles against the Cleveland Browns anyway. So if you go back and look at all the tape the last couple of years, the Browns always give him fit. So I don't know why anyone was surprised. I took the the, Bengals, excuse me, I took the Browns in that game just straight up on the money line anyway. So none of it was surprising to me. So I think you get huge bounce back games potentially from not just Burrow, but also Chase and maybe even Higgins as well. So I think collectively it's time for the Bengals to get back on track. They are not a bad football team. Joe Burrow is an excellent quarterback. I think rust, I think weather, I think not having played in so long, also babying the injury a little bit too. And, you know, it's kind of tough when Miles Garrett it's breathing down your neck. So I think all in all, I think Joe Burrow and the Bengals, I'm looking for a bounce back in week two.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, an interesting slate for them. These guys are not sitting. In fact, this whole entire week worth of lines is essentially extremely low. I think we only have one game that's over 50 points. Meanwhile, we have a handful of games that are under 40 points. So when you're looking for those high-scoring games, you're looking for those those games that you can't stack. I think that having Joe Burrow in there with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, or even Tyler Boyd to an extent. I uh, couldn't end up giving you a, a hand up on some of the competition. Let's talk about one of the highest scoring games on the slate. And that's going to be the Chiefs and the Jaguars, right? You know, we should, sh- should see decent ownership from both sides of this. But is this a game that you want to attack?
1: It is. Um, I'm actually very high on this game. Just like last week, you know, the good chalk was the Chargers and the Miami Dolphins. And I always say this about DFS too. Everyone's so worried about trying to be different. Just try to be right. And sometimes when you're looking at certain games, they're the good chalk, and as we like to always say on my shows. and the good chalk, you want to absolutely devour it, you want to go after it, and you want to attack it. And you want to attack it. And this one's very interesting because you could do it in lots of different ways. You could do it with, let's say, Patrick Mahomes and then cheap out in guys like Jarek McKinnon or cheap out in guys, you know, potentially like Sky Moore if you want to go back down to that well or Marcus Veldes-Scantling, right? You could go that route. Or you could go with just Mahomes by himself. If you want to pair him with Kelsey, it looks like he can return. Sure, but that's going to be very pricey to do. So the really smart thing to do potentially is just to run Mahomes by himself and then go look to the other side of this game, look for Calvin Ridley, look for Travis Atien, because that might be the best combination because you really just don't know yet how this wide receiver core is shaking out. And I think you'll see some interesting things happen. There's a chance they could go back to Kadarius Tony, as crazy as that sounds. And that sounds crazy because his expected fantasy points last week were minus two per touch. Minus two. I didn't know that that existed. I didn't know he could do that. But apparently Canary's Tony found a way. Now, I'm not investing in him on the bounce back. I think you want to see Sky Moore put it together. And I've been a Sky Moore apologist for too long now, and now I'm getting tired of apologizing. So it's time to see something this week. But you know, you saw Rushy Rice get the touchdown. You saw that Mahomes is going to throw to the open man. So how can you get a piece of this offense? Well, you get Patrick Mahomes on one side, and maybe like I said, McKinnon or MVS, who MVS seem to be the big play guy, the guy that maybe we're going to in the big spots when we need to play downfield, that's great. He's cheap. McKinnon's cheap. But then on the flip side, it's hard not to like Ridley. It's hard not to like Evan Ingram in this game as well. So you can really just completely move the pieces around in and out of this game in a few different combinations. And I think it will be fruitful because you're in the 50s already, and I don't think this game is going to disappoint considering what that Jacksonville secondary looked like last week. And also considering that the, the, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs do not want to start the UFO and two.
0: Yeah, it's it's a little bit of an interesting storyline because, you know, you want to go out and you want to play Kadarius Tony outside of the disappointment from last week. Right. You want to go out there and play more,
1: but (laughs) I don't want to play Tony. I want to play somebody, but (laughs) the problem is you don't know who that's the problem.
0: And the pricing made it very difficult to play Tony last week. He was actually one of my major fades in the showdown matchup up against the Lions. But, you know, maybe this is the week to actually go out and play him because of the the low ownership or the projected low ownership that he could see along with the pricing change. So, uh, you know, Rasheed Rice is somebody that is interesting to me. You know, I know he didn't play a full complement of snaps. However, when he was on the field, Patrick Mahomes was looking at him. So that makes things interesting. But I'm also interested in the Jacksonville Jaguars side. I think that that's not a side to to fade. I think that this is a side that you can attack with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, We obviously saw Calvin Ridley absolutely go off you know, whether that's consistent thing remains to be seen, but you know, I, this is definitely a game that I want to attack. Now, Joe, we are going to build some lineups. Of course, if you were here last week, you saw us build three different lineups, two out of three were successful. So hopefully once again, we can have that success rate duplicated. Let's go ahead and let's pull this up and let's discuss a guy that you believe is going to be a lock in your lineups
1: this week. Who is the dude that you're going to be throwing in to a heavy, heavy share? Well, look, I think this week, uh, especially, there's a few guys that I really like. And and the first one, too, uh, that I want to definitely lock in is Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I think he is the guy in this offense. Money hasn't caught up with him yet. I think that's very important. The other guy is DJ Moore, who I think is going to have a massive overcorrection this week. So those are two wide receivers in particular for me that I have my eye on. They're still very cheap. Last week on my shows, I talked about rostering Calvin Ridley everywhere. I said, this is the last time you're going to get Calvin Ridley at this price. I think it was 7 k on FD. And of course, now it's $1,000 more. And it's because the DraftKings price goes up more, too. So, I mean, this is just, you know, the nature of the beast, as it were. But I think if you're looking at it this week, you know, I think those two guys are great places to start potentially. And I think there's going to be the overcorrection for DJ Moore. I think you're going to see him work a lot more there. You know, you got to go back and look at that tape of your Chicago and say, what the hell are we doing here? You know, we go and we sign DJ Moore in this offseason. You have to turn things around. You have to get this guy the football. If you don't get him the football, what's the point? So those guys in particular, I think, are really good starts to lineups in week two.
0: Yeah, I mean, Brandon Ayuk is one of our big calls this week. Now, for me personally, we've seen Debo Samuel completely destroy the Rams ever since his second career game up against him, uh, and he's done – just that each and every game that he's played them starting in the second game against them. So I really like Debo Samuel to go forward with this. I also think that they're going to see a positive game script, which allows for more rushing opportunities from Debo, some breakaway play opportunities and whatnot, but I don't hate Ayuk. I'm down with Ayuk. Let's go ahead and let's start our, our build with Ayuk. And let's see where we want to go with this. Do we want to throw DJ Moore in here? Do we want to stack and get Brock Purdy in this lineup? Do you want to go a completely different direction and just say, Hey, Ayuk's going to be a staple on most of my rosters, but I don't really want to build too much around that.
1: I actually don't mind Purdy. Uh, I have some lineups there where it's Purdy and Ayuk because on DraftKings, the Purdy price is very good still. Uh, And the return on investment, I think, is going to be pretty good. Uh, I think Matthew Stafford is good enough to push the envelope. He's only 5,700 Brock Purdy. So the Brock Purdy price allows you to go up to the top of the board and get Chase and get Ridley, who I think are going to be very active. I think they are the alphas. I don't think Chase is going to have two snoozer games in a row. That usually does not happen. Again, overcorrections. That's what week two is about taking everything that didn't work last week and realizing you could throw it out the window because Jamar Chase is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So I think the chase ridley Iuk with Purdy situation is a really good one where I think you can really um, get into the core of some of the things you really like potentially in some of the higher scoring games and some of the bigger talent where you know now in that lineup on DK on the full PPR, you're going to have Chase, you're going to have Ridley, you're going to have Iuke three true number ones. I think in their respective offenses and Purdy's a guy that can get you 15 points again easily. So I mean, 17 last week, and I think get come close to that again this week.
0: Well, I went ahead and threw in Jamar chase in the lineup along with Calvin Ridley. I don't know if you meant to, to have both in the same one, but you said three office. Oh yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, I it. want
1: it. Let's go. Right, Vernon. Come on.
0: We're, we're only playing with like 4,700 now for the rest of our lineups. So it's two running backs, a tight end, a flex and a DST. Let's go ahead and get our DST in there. Right. And, and I got to ask you, we got the Cowboys sitting there, uh-huh. 100 less than the, the 49ers. Is this a defense that you're going to try and fade because you think that everybody's going to be running them out up against the Jets? Normally, or, I like, would. How you feeling?
1: Normally, I would, except for there's Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson, <laughs> Chase Vernon is the gift that just keeps on giving over and over and over again. Uh, I, I think the Nathan Cowboys. Peterman. Oh, Nathan Peterman also is a giver. <laughs> he is a giver too, Chase. But the thing with Zach Wilson is too, uh, and looking at the Cowboys and where their schedule looks up, you know, after this week, they get the Cardinals. There's a chance they can go three weeks in a row without giving up an offensive touchdown. And I think, you know, Ooh. with Stephon Gilmore on the other corner now with Diggs and you've got Micah Parsons now rushing over the middle of the field with that offensive line, like, this is going to be bad. You know, this is not the team to face if you are down Aaron Rodgers and your offensive line isn't playing well. Like, I don't want to hear this circle the wagons nonsense. This is not Kurt Warner, okay? We're not going to rally around Zach Wilson and play good football. That That's just crap's not going to happen. So as good as the Jets defense is, I'm sorry. I don't want to be a party pooper, but I think you can get the Cowboys in this lineup and make it work. I really do. So yeah, give me the Cowboys. I'll pay up for this one too. because I think we've got some ways out of this uh, as we go on there at running back and even at the flex spot of taking some shots in some of the other games we talked about. Well, tight
0: end becomes very interesting, right? Because we have some young rookie tight ends that were heavily involved. And obviously with the tight end position,
1: know where you're going here, Chase. I feel it. Which one am I going with?
0: Because I think there's three that you could play and feel pretty good about. So, so which one would you prefer
1: at the young tight end or would you rather pay up for tight end and see if we can just go cheaper at the running back? Well, I'd love to have everything, but I can't, I can't, I gotta, I gotta, you know, save some money somehow. So Sam Laporte is 3,900 and I was very impressed with not only how he played, but I was shocked and pleasantly delighted with the usage That he was getting and if that's the baseline for sam laporta going forward like if that's okay it's your first week kid we're gonna get you going man i think this is a good buy right now and it's a good situation so to me i think laporta is very intriguing at the price i don't think he kills you i think at minimum he gives you a decent floor and if he scores a touchdown somehow then we're loving it so i think laporta is a really intriguing one to me too who's the one for you who's that rookie tight end is it a musgrave or somebody else that you had your eye on
0: yeah, I mean, we had Dalton Kincaid, right, who ran the most routes uh, from any That's rookie good since T.J. Hawkinson. I think it was the most routes in the past decade. It was tied to T.J. Hawkinson. You know, we look at, at that opportunity with with the Kincaid option and what he could produce. And I like it, especially if you're willing to do, you know, Josh Allen stacks. Mm-hmm. The other guy is Musgrave, of course, who's getting downfield targets. We know Lana. They can sacrifice some downfield targets up against the, the tight end position. Meanwhile, Christian Watson could be out. You know, Jaden Reed was just okay, right? I, I could see a lot of rushing opportunities, which I think also opens up for the play action, could end up leaving Musgrave with a touchdown in the red zone. So I, I do like either one of those options, but I'm down for Sam Laporta. And at least if we go with Sam Laporta right now and we end up running into a wall with our salary cap leftover, we can pivot down to one of those other tight ends and, and opt to go that direction. So let's go ahead and let's throw Sam Laporta into our lineups. We now need two running backs and a flex position. Do we want to start with a flex? Is is there a wide receiver that's cheaper that you have in mind? Or do you want to go running back and see
1: what we have there? Well, I always like to kind of scroll down there uh, in the wide receiver realm and see if there's somebody down there that, you know, has the upside to score a touchdown. Maybe they're not going to be on the field a whole lot. But, you know, you mentioned somebody, which is Rushy Rice, who had a really good preseason and maybe rice is that guy and maybe there's enough touchdown equity in this game to spread the wealth a little bit so to me rice at 3800 i think is an intriguing dart throw i think that's somebody that you could certainly circle and potentially get something out of and that price is right i don't know if there's a one you have in mind but to me that's the guy that kind of sticks out in that freebie sort of range tank dell's interesting too at 3200 but now that cj stroud popped up on that questionable injury report. Now, again, with the shoulder, I'm not exactly sure. Are they just doing their due diligence? But that just kind of dropped on Friday. So that's a situation to monitor. But that's another guy, too, that I think could be sneaky interesting because that game, although it looks kind of gross on paper, I I have a morbid curiosity about that Colts-Texans game where I just think it might be fun in terms of fantasy and fun in terms of football watching these two young quarterbacks you know, kind of get their feet wet in the NFL.
0: Yeah, it's interesting and I I think that it's an absolute possibility as I discussed, you know, right off off the jump, you know, for that conversation. I think that Josh Reynolds is also somebody that we need to consider. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the first what five weeks of the season last year, he ended up putting up, I think it was like 13.7 was what he averaged in fantasy points per game. I mean, at his price line like that that's a guy that you can go lock in and the Seahawks last week (laughs) let Tutu Atwell and you know Puka Nakua just completely destroyed them and dismantled them so you know for for Josh Reynolds to be able to do that I don't think is out of the realm of possibilities but uh, I like what you said about Rasheed Rice uh you know I was going to save Tank Dell for the end of the show but maybe we could pivot back to that you know, it a little bit. I, I sorry, I didn't want to that blow that.
1: I didn't want to blow that. I I apologize. But like, no, no you're that's okay. That's the kind you're of okay. guys you're looking for. Whenever you start paying up here, you know, at certain spots, like you're going to have to find value somewhere. And the flex is a good spot where you can throw a dart at somebody, and if it hits, you've already got such a high floor ceiling with the other players you selected that this is a lineup that could do serious damage.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. Which one do you want to pull the trigger on? Or do you want to go with the? I will let backs you first? pick
1: this one. I feel like I've picked too many
0: things. Why don't oh, you pick? Fine. You know what? I'll go with my dude, Tank Dell, who on a limited snap count had 6.4 fantasy points, was targeted uh, a decent amount. I know that it's a little bit nerve wracking, but I don't think Davis Mills is going to change it all that much. It's not like, you know, CJ Stroud was good. You know, Davis Mills could end up being better potentially, and he most likely isn't going to target Nico Collins as much as we saw from CJ Stroud. So that extra work could end up going to Tank Dell. I'm going to have Tank Dell in a lot of lineups. So we'll go ahead and throw Tank Dell in there. Since that's on brand, and let's hop over to the running back position. We are left with actually a good little chunk of change there, mm-hmm. uh, because we pivoted down to Sam Laporta. We're sitting there with sixty one fifty left. What are we thinking? Are we going to be to one?
1: Well, here's the thing. I think that you're you've got interesting choices and just looking off the bat here you know you you're you're right in this range here where james cook i think is intriguing at 6100 if you scroll down a little bit uh damian pierce who i think against indianapolis is very intriguing as well uh i think he's going to get the lion's share of the work so those two guys tyler algier has good touchdown equity david montgomery uh another guy too if you scroll up a little bit who i think is is he 58 this week or 59 i can't remember uh, uh Dave so-
0: Montgomery's
1: 58 58 so David montgomery has a lot of touchdown equity this week Brees hall look, it's going to be a struggle bus. So I don't love it. But at the same time, he was explosive. He couldn't finish because he wasn't quite there yet in terms of getting up to stamina and speed, but you saw flashes of breeze <laughs> hall. So I am happy with this range. I mean, there's also look, AJ Dillon was underwhelming last week, but if Aaron Jones is out, that's another guy too. who's going to get the lion share wow. of the workload. So between Jameer Gibbs and Damian Pierce, you're looking at a lot of guys here that I think, you could feel pretty comfortable starting Montgomery to me has the most touchdown equity. So I'd love to play him. Uh, and then potentially looking elsewhere too. I think James cook and Gibbs are also really intriguing. And like I said, you could pick from those groups, but I think those guys all have a pretty good uh feel rather than go in the high, low range. I think I'd rather just get two of these guys and play it safer and let the wide receivers really do the work. What do you think though?
0: I'm down with that. Uh, You know, there are certain running backs that I really value. We'll probably talk about it in in one of the upcoming, you know, lineups. I've kind of been saving them a little bit, teasing, you know, just getting a little bit close to them, but not entirely getting all over them yet. So I do like some of these guys, but I mean, there's one game that we talked about being the highest scoring game in the slate. We don't have anybody on there. So, You know, Travis Etienne is a guy that I think could have significant usage that we might want to get a share of at some point, unless we want to fade the entire contest. And since we already have Calvin Ridley, we think it might be a shootout. It could be advantageous to end up going with like a Travis Etienne and then Isaiah Pacheco, who I don't think will see as much ownership uh, if the pricing works. But you know, for future reference, if we want to do that, if we want to fade an entire uh, you know contest as a whole, I'm down to do that too and end up playing two guys. Uh, in the middle range and just hope that Calvin Ridley can do it himself.
1: Yeah. Well, like I I said, I I think those, those definitely make sense uh, to me. Uh, I think there's something to be said for doing a lineup that does fade that game just because it, it could be one of those difficult ones to gauge. It could be where you get Pacheco getting a touchdown or two. It could be a situation where McKinnon gets a touchdown. Like I said, you know, maybe it is rushy rice. Maybe it is, you know, Watson or one of these, like, you know, that's the problem is you just, Never know, and Mahomes is like Drew Brees in that sense. He's a great quarterback because he throws to the open guy. You know, open guy and Travis Kelsey; those are the two main targets for for Patrick Mahomes lately. So, like I said, however you want to approach this, uh, I think they're both very viable uh, structures. For me, I think I would go that middle route, but I think you should try to squeeze ATN and see what happens here.
0: Yeah, I mean, keep in mind when they uh, played in the playoffs last year, Travis Etienne and Travis Kelsey, I think were the only viable DFS options at that point. Not even Patrick Mahomes or Trevor Lawrence were worth playing if that was, if this was a full slate uh, and the score was still up there. It was still 47 points was the total on that one. So I don't mind playing one or two guys from this game and then fading the rest. I also don't mind fading entirely because like you said, it could just get, you know, spread around a little bit too much. You brought up earlier. So I'm down. You, you brought up Dave Montgomery. Sounds good to me. I'm down to put throw him in this lineup. That will leave us with 6,500. So we're looking at like Joe Mixon, Jameer Gibbs,
1: Connor cook. You want to go with cook? Yeah, I think cook is a really good one. I mean, it's, it's intriguing to consider Gibbs and Montgomery, but again, like that's, that's a tricky one. Like that's one where you want to talk about being responsibly different. If that hits, you're going to be very different than everybody else If those two guys have monstrous days, but I don't know what the chances of that happening because they do cannibalize each other a little bit. So I'm fine with cook. I think cook is a really good situation against Las Vegas. Well, we had, I I believe, what
0: was it, the the Lions and the Seahawks last year had the highest scoring game for the entire year. So I think there are a lot of people on this game. I think there are a lot of people that are trying to to get the pass catchers in this offense because they think it's going to be fast paced. But we know the Lions want to control the clock, right? Meanwhile, the, the Seahawks, they have played the most defensive snaps last year and they are doing it again currently this year you know, their defense is on the field a lot. We could just see them essentially get worn down by David Montgomery and end up trying to, you know, work the clock in their favor a little bit more. So... Well,
1: look, I, it also depends a little bit, too, of um, what you think of Geno Smith and what you think of the Seattle Seahawks uh, keeping this game going and keeping it competitive because last week was not a great showing. Now, again, this is one where, you know, I'm completely confident in the Cincinnati Bengals bouncing back. This is more of a, okay, you got to show me a little bit now. I, I think, I don't know why I'm at that point. I know it was in a division game and those can be tough sometimes. And maybe they didn't take the Rams as seriously as so they should have. Uh, they're going to to take the Detroit Lions seriously because they certainly showed out on Thursday night football to open up the season. So, um, you know, the thing with Cook is you have the, in PPR world here on DK, I think you have a little bit of that leeway where I do think he's going to catch the ball. I do think he has touchdown equity. And the other thing too is I think the Buffalo Bills at their best are a balanced team. And the way you do that and the way you get Josh Allen to calm down a little bit is to run the football a little bit, dump off to the running backs, get the other guys involved so that Josh Allen doesn't have, you know, sugar rush Josh Allen uh, (laughs) syndrome where he tries to do too much. And that's the worst version of Josh Allen. But the Josh Allen version that is a little bit more balanced in the offense is the better version, and the Buffalo Bills will be better. And it wouldn't shock me if the Raiders push this game, and that's also good potentially. Like the Raiders might keep this one a little bit more interesting than people realize because the Bills defense is not great.
0: I will say that this is a single entry contest, but it's the $12 one that's the 250K. So there are a significant amount of en- uh, entries, right? We're not playing one of the smaller contests. This is a-, a bigger contest. So having some differential to our lineups by having Jameer Gibbs and Dave Montgomery I mean, makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I'm down for either one, James Cook, Jameer Gibbs, which one you want to go with?
1: Let's go with Cook because, again, until I, as much as I want to say, yeah, they're going to keep working Gibbs and more. He might be on that B. John Robinson plan in September, which is that those coaches saw what happened to Damian Pierce last year, was he crapped out in week twelve. They just burned him out. And then I think that's a learning tree moment for other coaches where when you get these rookie running backs, don't run them into the ground in the first 10 weeks. You've got to pace them a little bit in the first month of the season. Cause if you do They'll have seasons more reminiscent of what you saw you know, a few years ago where DeAndre Swift had a big second half. And remember Jonathan Taylor, his rookie, year, had a big second half. Everybody wanted all these guys to play right away, and they didn't. But when they showed some patience, all of a sudden they were rewarded. And those guys won you championships a couple of years ago in their rookie season. So don't forget that. Sometimes these guys will come on in the second half, those rookies, and the better coaches know to kind of wait them along. So Jameer Gibbs, I'm super excited about. It wouldn't shock me if he had a great game. Wouldn't shock me if he had more points than Montgomery. But I think right now we got to just pump the brakes and, and wait a little bit longer. This is in October.
2: Hey, we know. October
0: we know Dan Campbell. Can can hold a guy out of his lineup, so no matter how much talent he has, right? Just yes, because do. he wants to bring him along slowly, all right? Us James right. fans know all too well.
1: Well, God, that's a whole other set of circumstances. Yeah. Don't make me depressed on a Friday. Come on oh, now, come on, come on, my bad, my bad.
0: I'll, I'll stop. I'll <laughs> slow down. I'll
1: pump the brakes. All right. So this lineup, we are looking at
0: Brock Purdy, James Cook, Dave Montgomery, Brandon Ayuk, Jamar Chase, Calvin Ridley, Sam Laporta, Tank Dell, baby, and of course the Dallas Cowboys defense. That is how we are going to kick this one off. How are you feeling about this lineup? I
1: love this lineup. Uh, I've got this lineup uh, in a couple different combinations here with some different running backs already, but I think that core of it where you have Chase Ridley and Iuke and a PPR is really good. I think Purdy gives you a nice 15-point floor. It's a good 3X quarterback there. You know, on on DK, I think I'm always looking to save up on quarterback a little bit, so I love this. And, you know, Laporta, I think uh, to your point too, if you want this same lineup but you want to go up a little bit to ATN, Clearly, you know, if you fade the Cowboys defense, fade LaPorta for Kincaid, that gives you the flexibility to do that. So this is a really good starter kit for week two, where I think you can manipulate it to your liking.
0: I love it, man. I love it. Let's
2: go ahead and hear a word from our sponsors. This episode brought to you by Mojo. Mojo is that player stock market. We love Mojo because we like making lifetime bets on players. You run out the clock on these guys. Mojo just rolled out a brand new fantasy platform. That's right. So now you can build a portfolio of player props. Oh, Jamar Chase, over 77.5. Oh, Kadarius Tony under 15.5. Whatever the under is on Kadarius Tony, it doesn't matter. You can just stack up the props in your portfolio, and the beauty is... Once the Sunday games kick off, it's not over. It's not over until it's over with Mojo, because once those games kick off, you can then move in and out of positions. Let's say that you're well ahead of expectations. You can cash out. Let's say you're behind expectations. You're underwater. Well, you can double down. That's what makes Mojo so special, why they're different. Check it out. Go to the App Store. Get the Mojo app and use the promo code UNDERWORLD. The promo code UNDERWORLD. Get you a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. So the promo code is UNDERWORLD. And they will match deposit dollar for dollar. Go Mojo. Start building your portfolio. And then burn the games. You can be a fancy game. <laughs> I don't
0: know what was happening with that noise. They left of the head, but I love it. I'm down for it. I mean. It's Matt Kelly, man. It's Matt Kelly.
1: He's always a good time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're not lying, my friend. All right. Let's go ahead and build a second lineup. But before you do, let's talk about some of these guys that you will be fading, uh for this week. Some, some guys you really want closer lines, whether it's roster percentages that you're going to see or the fact I don't think that they're going to do well, maybe it's the matchup. Let's hear a little bit about that.
1: I'm saying the Giants collectively, and I think what's going on here is everybody has this sense of, oh, well, they got embarrassed on Sunday night, and that's all true. And yes, they're a better football team than they showed against the Los Cowboys. I think that's all true, as well. And yes, the Arizona cars are a very bad football team. However, Darren Waller is not 100% healthy. The fact that he's got this lingering hamstring issue, you know, year over year. That's troubling to me. If he pulls us out of this, game, what happens? So, you know, Daniel Jones, I think, would be fine. You know, I can stand Daniel Jones by himself. But this is another situation. It's like this is the Wish.com version of the Patrick Holmes situation where, you know, well, we don't know where Patrick Holmes is going to go the football, right? But, you know, we think it's going to be the tight end, Travis Kelsey, right? But instead, it was, well, we think it's going to be Darren Waller, except he's an even bigger injury risk uh, than potentially Travis Kelsey. And he comes out of this game, he crushes all your lineups. I really like Hodges. last year. I used him a lot in DFS. Every week I kept I kept rolling through that chase, and everyone kept laughing at me when I said, nope, I'm going to keep rolling with Hodgins. And you know what? Every week that guy kept scoring. So Hodgins I like. Paris Campbell's interesting. Saquon I imagine will be good. But at the same time, there's just something off to me about the Giants right now where I, I think that will be very heavily rostered and heavily attacked because it's, oh, let's just go against the Arizona Cardinals. And that's not a bad concept. But I think it's a little lazy. And I just think there's better situations where there might be potentially more scoring. And I don't think the Cardinals offense is any good. So they're not going to push the NFL for scoring. So this could be a very lackluster, like 17-7, 17-6 kind of a game where the Giants win and they're in control, but it's not a really interesting one. I think that kind of total scares the heck out of me.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. This is definitely a, a uh, matchup that I'm fading 100%. I don't think I have anyone in there. And, and you know, to your testament there with hodgins i I was him with i was there with shark and hodginson (laughs) almost every (laughs) single week and it allowed me to play all elite uh, positions everywhere else for the most part as long as you paid down tight end or defense so i was there with you man it was a lot of fun it was a good run unfortunately it's not for 2023 at least not yet all right let's go ahead and let's build this next lineup um for me uh the fades that i want to go ahead and announce is i'm not playing any joe mixon this week he has significantly high ownership, and I'm not really sure why. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, the Ravens' defense is better than what they were last year, but even so, like, even if they were last year, you're still not talking about, you know, a, a good chance at a massive game from Joe Mix. And I think they're going to try and get this passing game started. I think they're going to work in a lot of short. Uh, passing opportunities that's going to take away from the run game especially you know the screen passes that could be given off to jamar chase i just don't understand the, the love for joe mixon this week and then as you brought up another game that's going to be low scoring but it's still seeing some high ownership here and there is the denver broncos and the commanders uh, i just i don't see oh why is anybody why
1: no don't do that that's horrible it's a I a work in progress for everybody.
0: They're, they're talking about how Sertain's going to be on McLaurin, so it's going to be Jahan Dotson week, or it's going to end that up That might being... be
1: true, but even so, it's like, how excited can we get? Like, I liked Dotson last week, and I took a couple hits on him, and that's fine. But, I mean, look, Sam Howell's a work in progress. The Denver Broncos are a work in progress. Like, I, I just, I don't see the, uh, not by comparison to what's available, I think that's just... Crazy. I'm all about being different sometimes when it makes sense. Like I said, res- responsibly different is good. But being different just to be different is just, it's just might as well light money on fire.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's yeah, it's just a little bit strange over there. You know, Curtis Samuel, truthers. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. All oh, right.
1: God, no, <laughs> okay, no, okay. Chase. No, not allowed. <laughs> all right, let's go.
0: All right. So I do want to pick uh, the start to this one. And I'm going to start out with the stack. Uh, we talked about the highest scoring game on the slate. I think that we need to have some shares of it. Uh, when okay. it comes to the Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the question is: Do I want to go with Lawrence and save almost 2K? I'd be saving 1,600 if I went with Lawrence over Mahomes. Um, you know, Lawrence is a is a good pick. He's a dude that uh, you know should be putting up points. it's going to be just as competitive as last week. Uh, the c- concern here is Chris Jones, right? Is Chris Jones going to elevate this defensive line? to give Trevor Lawrence fits to shut down Travis Etienne and could the chiefs end up running away with it, or at least, you know, get up heavy early. And we know that Patrick Mahomes doesn't just start running the ball after they're up. They, they continue to pass. So Patrick Mahomes could end up having four touchdown games. They pull away and it really doesn't matter. You know, we're probably not going to see Jacksonville shut down the, the Kansas city chiefs on offense. Although it's in the realm of possibilities. I don't really see it happening. So how do you feel about Lawrence versus Mahomes?
1: Uh, look last week, you know, a very tough game for Patrick Mahomes. He only had 20 points, but he should have had a lot more. Um, I think I would lean towards the high end of Mahomes for two reasons. Number one, I think it's going to be lower roster because it's expensive. And number two, I don't have to pair it with anything. I really don't. I can reap the benefits of Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes was running a lot too. That's the other thing too. I keep in mind, like he's going to get out there and he's going to make some moves and he's going to get some rushing equity too when he needs to. Uh, not that Lawrence can't do that. But I think what happens is if you take Mahomes, then you can either take some cheap shots at the wide receivers, or if you don't want to go the Calvin Ridley route, uh, which I do most of the time, you could look at maybe they're going to try to get Christian Kirk back working for this offense. Maybe you get Evan Ingram working in the slot again. Darius uh, well, Sneed is not a great slot corner. So that's a matchup you can expose. So there's some cheaper pieces of the Jags defense you can also use to offset Mahomes instead of going Ridley. Maybe you go with Zay Jones, you go with uh, Evan Ingram, you go with Christian Kirk and get pieces of the other side of that game on the cheaper end and kind of forego the Lawrence-Ridley stack, which I think will be very popular. And it's not wrong, it's just a different approach.
0: Do we want to play Ridley or do we want to fade Ridley?
1: Well, this that, one, this I, I think what we want to do, Chase, is I think we want to start with Mahomes and the running backs and then see what we have available. Because I think, you know, depending on, like, if you want ATN, then I think you're going to fade Ridley a little bit because I think you're, you're, the scripture writing is that we're just short of the goal line or a little tight there, and maybe we should be looking at you know Travis Etienne to punch some of these you know in as you get closer, uh, and hopefully Tank Bigsby doesn't ruin our day. I was that's about to
0: say one. Tank's Bigsby could actually be that guy. That's the well the he could, and that.
1: and that's another way. Like you want to offset Mahomes 4700 for Tank Bigsby this week. That's another way to get around that too. If you want to offset that, put him in the flex and fade the rbs in this game like there's so many different approaches which is why you know it is going to be tricky you if you're in this game you better be prepared for multi-entry and if you're not in this game uh or you're not into multi-entry then i would fade this game and try to find something else that's the sneaky total on the week and i think there's a couple that could be that i do
0: yeah so i I agree with everything you can you said 100 (laughs) i think that that's a lock um and and i think that the if you're playing this game, there's probably going to be what 40% ownership on Calvin Ridley. Like if you're if you're targeting this game, that the the people that are targeting this game, 40% of the time they're going to have Ridley in their lineups because they don't want to miss out on those points. And right. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. You know, I'm going to have Calvin Ridley in lineups that I, I do builds with, but I kind of want to fade Ridley in hopes that something unique can happen, especially in the single entry lineups where you still have pieces of this game, but it's not exactly how you thought it you know, what's going to happen in the first place. Like you said, the Jerry's need the slot, not the ideal situation. Uh, meanwhile, on that far side, I talked about it last week on the, uh, the, the wake and take show how Josh Reynolds could end up attacking that far side because their, their secondary corner is not good on the outside. So maybe as Jones could be an option there, mm-hmm. Christian Kirk could be an option. I mean, I'm, I'm all in on getting different with this. So let's get a little bit freaky. Who do okay. we want to stack the homes with though? First.
1: Ah, <sighs> I think right now, uh, MVS seems like the guy. And I know that's like, that's weird. It's gross, but again, it's cheap. So I think when you do that, you're giving yourself now, okay, I have more flexibility. So if you just want to take a shot that MVS comes away with a score or, you know, a couple big plays and he comes away with, you know, a good return, that's, that's decent. I, I'm not, I don't want to pay up for Kelsey quite yet because I just don't know how much he is going to play. Like, is he going to be off the field? Is he going to be in a rotation, you know, with his knee injury? And that's a problem. And and that makes it intriguing in the big tournaments because I think people will also think the same way. So if he does come back and he's hundred percent Kelsey, man, what a difference that makes, but it's tough to invest in right now.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I don't think that we're going to see that high level of of ownership. I mean, right now I I'm looking at like 6% projected ownership on Kelsey. So if he does play uh, you're, you're in the money, Uh, you know, and and assuming that he plays healthy, but we all know that the chiefs need Travis Kelsey after last week, because that was embarrassing. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say MVS is a good call. I Already threw him in the lineup. Now, how do we want to get different over there on the Jacksonville side? Do we want to try and play a Zay Jones in hopes that he can pay off? You know, do we want to play a Christian Kirk uh, over there who could have been playing in the slot? Do we want to play Travis Etienne in hopes that he can get some of those those goal line touches?
1: Well, what is this contest again that we're we're making this specific lineup for? We're in the hundred K single entry
0: lineup, the twelve dollar one.
1: All right, in the single entry too, I think the responsible different play here. I mean, if you look last week, I mean, he got just one reception for nine yards, Christian Kirk. I think that everybody in their mother is going to be saying, OK, we have to stop Calvin Ridley, right? And, and Christian Kirk was not on the field as much, too. So I, I think, you know, if you listen to some of the coach speak that came out recently, it's, hey, you know, we're going to get Christian Kirk kind of back going in this offense, really didn't do too much last week. I think that would be a smart thing to do. So it's either Kirk or Evan Ingram for me. That's the way I'd like to Ooh. approach that. I, I like the Evan Ingram call.
0: I think that's uh, mm-hmm. that's a smooth call. Evan Ingram was was one of the best tight ends this past week, I
1: believe. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, he ended up having and uh, yeah 9. he had nine, nine points last week. He had he looks five for five on the targets. You know, he threw a touchdown on there. It's a big day, but again, I, I think the way you exploit the Chiefs is that slot, and that's why Amon Ross St. Brown had I'm on Ross and Brown could have had an even bigger game. You know, with a couple moments that were just yeah. off there. But like he should have had probably, I mean, we had nine targets or something like like he should have probably had eight catches (laughs) in that game. I think he only had six. So I think Evan Ingram, especially since tight end, does have huge questions. Like Kelsey's a question. Andrew's a question. Waller's a question. Kill's a question. You know, Evan Ingram sitting there at 4,800 and he's not bad. Like, I, I think that's an intriguing way to go in this specific matchup. And if you look at last week, you know, too, I don't think too much out of it. But look, Laporta and the other tight ends there. They were getting open. You know, they were able to get out there in space and make some plays. I think that's something to take over into this week. And if I was game planning, I would be looking to use Evan Ingram in that slot and use that mismatch of the size.
0: Could we also run out ETN in this lineup, you think, to uh, think give it leverage? I mean, hey, Patrick Holmes can end up scoring more points than, than uh, Trevor Lawrence because Etienne vultured a couple, you know, touchdowns. Or he ended up having a couple big explosive plays at that backfield that that yeah, didn't allow Trevor to get the points. I'm mm-hmm. down to do ETN on that. ETN
1: MVS Ingram Mahomes. I think that's a great way to get involved in this game, and you're kind of you're you're not breaking the bank to do it necessarily either. All right, so we're starting out with Patrick Mahomes, Travis
0: Etienne, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and Evan Ingram. Now this gives us about fifty-one hundred. Uh, per player left do we want to go ahead and pick a defense real quick so yes, we, can, we uh, do.
1: get that place <laughs> yes we do now what other de- i went on my cowboys rant where would you like to go defense-wise
0: i mean honestly the denver broncos make a lot of sense you know they got shut down corners on the outside sam howell mm-hmm. just looked like a statue back there he was not going through
1: his so is it for you just about being different and not having the cowboys because there's only a hundred dollar difference between them and that's why i keep going to the cowboys because i'm like Zach Wilson's a turnover machine. Uh, the the Jets, you know, going on the road into that. Like, there's just so many things about that. That's where I struggle. Like, if if the Broncos were thirty two hundred, I'd say let's go. It's only a hundred dollar difference. That's my only thing. So, is it just about being being different this week for you? Yes and no. So,
0: you know, we saw Saquon do okay up against Dallas last week, although mm-hmm. they never ran the ball right because he didn't see the right. opportunity to get started. If the Jets come into this game and they say, hey, Zach Wilson is going to have no more than 17 attempts or 20 attempts because we cannot afford to let him pass the ball, and this becomes a defensive battle, then we're not going to see very many passing opportunities for Zach Wilson to turn the ball over. We're not going to see sack opportunities, and the number one play that results in defensive points is a strip sack for a touchdown. So we're not going to get any of those because they're not going to allow Zach Wilson to drop back. Brees Hall is going to mm-hmm. carry the load. Dobbin Cook's going to run the ball. And this game is going to be 10 to 13 at the end of the day because we don't know what we have in the Dallas offense. Because, I mean, they didn't have to do anything last week. And the Jets defense is really freaking good. So mm-hmm. if we have this this low scoring game, sure, you're going to get points. But is that going to be enough points to to get you to the million? No, a get good argument.
1: I think the other fade chase is the Atlanta Falcons, who uh, were one of the defenses I had everywhere last week. Um, I could see too, especially if Aaron Jones is on hundred percent, that being an interesting well to go back down as well, rookie With quarterback the, on the road, you know, same kind of thing again. So I, I've got two other ones for
0: you. I've got the Colts against Houston, right? Who, Hey, we know Houston's not afraid to throw the ball, but guess what? Neither is, are the Colts, right? So the Houston up against the mm-hmm. Colts. I mean, this game could be extremely turnover heavy, especially if CJ Stroud ends up, you, you know, it, Stroud out, is out. But-
1: I love that call. I love the Colts. If that's the case.
0: But, I mean, even so, like, all right, so Anthony Richardson, they didn't show that, like, they were afraid to pass the ball, right? Like, they were mm-hmm. – Anthony Richardson was slinging the rock all around, and I did not expect that. I thought we were going to see a lot more of, like, an RG3 release where they do a run, one read, and if he's not open, then it's pretty much a, a run to the outside for RG3 in the first, like, five games that he played in his rookie year. Uh, that wasn't the case. I mean, we were seeing Anthony Richardson go through his progressions. You know, if he got pressured from the back, he would take up in the middle, and, and you know, that's kind of – where I, I like this opportunity over here for Houston, because Houston has a very good secondary. Although their their run, rush defense is terrible, they have a very good secondary. So if they can somehow contain, contain Richardson, they don't bring the pressure, and they just let Richardson try and throw the rock, maybe put a spot on him, Richardson could end up throwing some interceptions this game. Could end up leading some pick sixes, it can end up leading some mistakes, instead of bringing the pressure like the Jacksonville Jaguars did and allowing him to get outside. I, I kind of like Houston to get a couple of turnovers in this one, maybe provide a couple of sacks, uh, but essentially get a pick six is what I'm hoping for. So either one with that, I'm down to roll with. Uh, what are you thinking? Did, did I talk you well, into either one? Or are you still like Atlanta?
1: Well, I, I think I think if it, we could try the why don't we try the Broncos and then if we need some salary relief, go down. How's that? Down
0: for that? Always down for that. Let's do that
1: let's do that. And we functivity. always know we have a pivot point. If we don't like where we end up at wide receiver, cause the one thing this team now is missing really is a dominant wide receiver. Like that's the thing we're, we've got to find here. Well, we do
0: also most likely need to pay down unless we're going to run out mediocre salaries throughout the whole process, which I mean, it's kind of like what we've been doing outside of Patrick homes. We've kind of, <laughs> you know, paid right in the, the median of, of some of these guys. So do we want to pay all the way down or do we want to stick right around the, the, five to six K range for the well, rest of the Well, here's lineup.
1: why, you know, when the beginning of the show, you asked me, you know, well, where do you go for a wide receiver? Well, I mean, this is why Brandon i's one of these guys is such a good lineup builder because he's 5,800. So he's right in yep. this range already getting a one. So I'm okay with adding Ayuk to this lineup. Uh, I'm Let's okay with adding DJ Moore to this lineup too, if you want to, but if you want to, again, just kind of let go back and forth between running back and wide receiver, you can, but at least with Ayuk, you're getting somebody who's at that top of the board. You know, people forget last year down the stretch, he was wide receiver 15, you know, and he just showed up last week and did the same thing. And I know you brought up about Debo, but you know, that was kind of pre-Purdy. And I think since Purdy, you kind of see it's Ayuk and, and Kittle more so than Debo typically in, in these big smash bots.
0: Yeah, I, I like the Brandon Ayuk call that puts this right in line with what we're doing. I, I didn't get to uh to announce my my guy just because we kind of got sidetracked, but I really love Amin Ross St. Brown this week and Bijan Robinson. So paying down yeah. to like a tank Dell you know, would allow us to, to pivot up to one of those guys. All right, let's um, do it.
1: Let's you throw do him down round? there at the flex. You want to throw him at the flex? Where do you want to put him? Uh, do, do we want to do? Three? Do we want to do tank Dell? Is that the dude? Well, I mean, look, tank Dell is cheaper than rice and probably on the field a bit more. So I got no problem with that. You know, if you're ah. looking for free squares, it's all about the guys that have the potential and the floor, you know, to me where it's like, you know, you're they're not going to kill you with a zero. And I don't think tank Dell is going to kill us with a zero. I think, it was a good start for him last week. You know, otherwise you're looking at uh, if you want to go the Tyler Boyd route or something like that. I mean, he to me, like that's a you got to get chase working again. Like that's what you got to do if you're you know, it's not a matter of that. I will say this. The other interesting one, potentially, you know, with um, I got to check and see his health status as as well. But with Jacoby Myers out, Renfro might be one of those guys that is like one percent rostered who might be really intriguing in this like free square range too.
0: Now, Mr. Grapefruit brought up earlier that this could be a two tight end week just because of Luke Muska, Dalton Kincaid, Sam Laporta.
1: Kincaid is another uh, one too.
0: Kincaid's a guy that's running all the routes. Like we brought up earlier, he's playing the slot. Like he's not a tight end. He's, he's a slot receiver at this point. You know, is this a guy that we can actually throw in the flex because we think that he's going to be think a so. wide receiver value. And all Definitely. of a sudden we're, we're sitting real pretty at 3,300 with him. And that will let us pay up significantly for the last two positions.
1: Let's do that. Let's put Kincaid in there because I also, again, going back to that Josh Allen strategy we talked about, let's get Josh Allen, simple routes, get the football out quickly. Don't overthink things. Stop chucking and ducking. Like let's get back in rhythm. And I think you do that with the guys who are working out of the slot and the guys like James Cook. Like those are the guys that I'm interested in this week. You know, as great as Diggs is, Diggs is always great. He's always high price, but let's try to find some other pieces that make sense to get Josh Allen out of his funk that he was in this week.
0: Now we do have Bijan sitting at 7,900. Amin Ross St. Brown is at 7,800. We can only play one of these two guys. We don't have any shares in, in any connections with either one of these games right now. Uh, we could do something maybe with like a Kenneth Walker, the other running back position, potentially, if we decide to go with Amin Ross St. Brown. Meanwhile, with Bijan Robinson, Robinson, um, you know, there's there's really nobody that we could play to run it back with him unless Christian Watson is, is ends up being I think brown, brown is who I that. would
1: prefer against Seattle I think I think that's really the the place I would go you see his prop number set at six and a half again this week so there you're expecting a good day from him you know as much as I love Bijan I'm the biggest Bijan guy there is you know the fact that he lost some of that touchdown equity Algier really hurts his value a little bit I think in the next couple of weeks so it's I'm okay with Bijan but I think we can't have Bijan ATN and uh, you know uh St. Brown so I think you would have to kick ATN to the curb and I know you want to keep in that game so I think that might have to be the third lineup you make. <laughs>
0: I mean if we if we decide to pivot down off the Broncos we can get Bijan in this lineup.
1: Well then then we should do that. I mean you, you think we should do that or ever go with the Broncos? Well, let's, I, let's try. If we get Bijan in there that's uh I I still think we're shy though. You know, we're still we to we're the still Commanders shy.
0: defense let me see here because I'm we looking also at the, the Packers. D- well, I feel like the we don't want to play Bijan against that because I feel like Bijan has like a two to three touchdown upside this game. That's how insane it is. We have Atlanta.
1: You wanted to play Atlanta, right? Uh, you could play Atlanta in here. Sure.
0: <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that works for us. We have 400 left over, but I'm cool with that. Unless you want to uh, pivot up maybe off of MVS, but we still have Patrick Holmes, So I don't know if we want to do that.
1: No, uh, I, don't, could, I don't think you need to do that necessarily. I think you can stay where you are, but I mean, that makes sense to me too. And I think the other route you could go is if you wanted to say instead in the same lineup, just for the people watching the show, if you wanted to, let's say, not go with tank Dell and instead go with Ayuk, you could do that. You just have to downgrade the running backs and say, you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to go to tank Bigsby at 4,700. I'm going to try to play the touchdown game that way, or I'm going to try to play the touchdown game with somebody else cheap. And I think you can do that potentially this week. Last week was good value for running backs. This week's good value for running backs. It's going to take a little while, I think, for the pricing to catch up with what's going on in the market. And Montgomery's another guy, too, which just has a ton
0: of touchdown equity this week that I love.
1: <clears throat>
0: yeah, I, I could agree with you more, and you brought up a great point in terms of, hey, you can pivot in different ways. You don't just have to stick around with one person and pivot to another guy. You can pivot your, you know, your roster with a few players to make it work. We're just giving you the base of a lineup to be able to live, leverage uh, certain matchups. So let's go ahead and enter this one in. We have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Etienne, Bijan Robinson, MVS, Tank Dell, um, Amon Ross St. Brown, Evan Ingram, and Dalton Kincaid with a duo tight end stack. And then, of course, the Falcons defense to stack with Bijan Robinson. Hey, we don't know if Green Bay is going to be able to pass. This get ugly quick. Let's enter <laughs> that one in. <laughs> All right. How you feeling about this lineup? Which one, which one do you like more in terms of the base? The the one we did previously where we're working in Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk? Are, are you feeling better with this one for the tournament set?
1: I like the first one better because I think you have that potential for those big splash games from Chase and Ayuk, uh, potentially in that one to and Ridley, where all the guys that are supposed to be good are good. And the other thing is it does fade this. Mahomes game you know with the Chiefs a little bit which is funny because you know you just get one piece that you like that's a good cost which is Ridley but when you fade the rest of it Ridley has this touchdown and everything else is just weird or or underwhelming maybe like maybe maybe it's more drops like maybe they do struggle a little bit more maybe this is a little bit more of a low scoring game that people understand if it underwhelms and it's highly rostered all of a sudden a lineup like that first one we do is going to look very interesting yeah I mean it, it's it's something to where We
0: want to play these high-scoring games, of course, but there's always there's always avenues to to find your way, and I think we're going to mm-hmm. do that on our next lineup. Joe, I, I I came out and I said that every single week I'm going to build an Anthony Richardson lineup until he ends up getting to that to that seven K you know range because it just doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. I think he's the second highest scoring player on the slate last week. Uh, we ended up making some some good money off of him, or maybe it was third. We ended up making some some good money off. Oh yeah, he was third because he was behind, of course, uh, two as well. We made some good money on him, regardless. He's a guy that I think that you should target, regardless of how your build is going to go. You can still attack a game and still have Anthony Richardson run naked through a field. Let's go ahead and get him in our lineup. So, uh, you know, how are you feeling about Anthony Richardson? Do you think we can build a lineup that involves <clears> him?
1: <throat> I do. I have some Anthony Richardson this week too. I mean, he was QB four last week, uh, and it's a cushy matchup against, uh, even though it's on the road, it's a cushy matchup against the Houston Texans defense, which that rebuild is still a massive work in progress. Let's be honest.
0: Yeah, and honestly, like our Houston Texans actually have a good secondary, right? Like they they have Stingley. They, yeah, secondary's
1: they... coming around. Will Anderson's a really good player. Like it, it'll be better. It's just not good yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really not. But that. but we could still actually play Anthony Richardson without even having to stack anybody with him because he provides that rushing upside. And although he had 10 rushes for 40 yards, which, by the way, I literally said there's no way that he's only going to have 40 yards rushing if he gets 10 attempts, and he did exactly that. Uh, he did not hit the over for the, for the 47.5. He could still do it up against Houston, who has a lot more holes in their defense than Jacksonville has. So I like Anthony Richardson. I think that we can run him out with, with Josh Downs this week. I really don't want to play Michael Pittman up against him, who's most likely going to see shadow coverage from Stingley, who's very good. Um, but I, I'm open to anything. I'm open to anything. How
1: you feeling about Richardson starting... I'm running by himself. Like okay. Honestly, I just think it's so much safer because uh, there's just so much fu- You're asking for, you know, threading the needle too much. Whereas like Anthony Richardson controls the scoring. He's either running it in, he's running around or he's throwing it. So we're fine. We're controlling the scoring there. So I don't mind that.
0: So I did go through and, and I pretty much gave all my sleepers throughout the show, which I normally don't do. I try to save it for the very end. I'm like, okay, you guys got to wait for the sleepers. Joe, you did not provide your your sleeper quite yet. So tell us who your sleeper is that you think can make lineups work this week.
1: Well, look, I talked about DJ Moore, but the other guy who got 10 targets and caught nine of them and he looked spectacular. He didn't have a touchdown, but Zay Flowers, I mean, look, last week he was only 4K. Now he's 5K, big whoop. Like, you got to get this guy in lineups. Like, he's just a stud. And the secondary, once again, you know, when you're missing the safeties of, you know, Von Bell and Jesse Bates, you know, I know Dax Hill and those guys are, you know, younger and faster and all that stuff, but they're not as experienced. And I think that showed last week at times. And I think that it's something that this week, carrying over, even if Andrews is back, it doesn't mean that Zay Flowers can't catch all those balls. Zay Flowers is special. Zay Flowers is not a $5,000 player. He's certainly not a $4,000 player. I had him everywhere last week. Oh, yeah. And then I'm having him everywhere this week, too. Zay Flowers, to me, is one of the best lineup builders you have this week.
0: Yeah, he's going to be in my all my lineups up until he hits about 58 to 6K. You know, he's going to be in, in regularly in my lineups. You know what's absurd is Puka Nakua coming up and being only 100 less than him when he was, you know, he came up 2K. Like, coming up a K is a lot. But it's not that bad, right? Whoopity-doo is mm-hmm. what you said. Coming up 2K is yeah. a lot. Like, that's a significant... And it's a tougher significant... matchup.
1: Let's be honest. The San Francisco defense is a tougher matchup here for him. So And and he was dealing with an oblique issue, I believe, this week. So, like, there's a lot of things here where Puka Nakua, I think, is going to be interesting. I think he's going to be highly rostered. I don't think it's wrong, necessarily. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where I, I think you should have a Puka Nakua lineup. But I don't know if I want all the exposure to it, necessarily.
0: Now, I I do got to bring up a sleeper that a lot of people are going to be pivoting to this week. Uh, I believe Austin Eckler went to doubtful, and that brings in Joshua Kelly. Now, Joshua Kelly is somebody that I love. I've had him rostered everywhere. I started him last week, actually, in a couple lineups. I think that he's going to have a phenomenal week three. He's going to go through the roof in week three, even with Austin Eckler on the field. This week, up against Tennessee Titans, never a team that I want to play running backs against. Jeffrey Simmons just eats running backs for, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He he doesn't really have a shot for me. Are you running out Joshua Kelly, or are you fading the chalk and actually pivoting when you have that price range left around that
1: 5K range? Also, wait, the question is Joshua Kelly or who? Or... I mean, any one of
0: these guys like it, let's just
1: say you're stuck at 5k, maybe for the flex or maybe at running back. You know I mean, what? I think Kelly is, is the guy if Eckler is out. Yeah, I do believe that is, is the way to go. And I think it's a better investment than the who? other guys in this range, which is Gus Edwards. But I do think it's going to be one of those things where you're going to get a lot of, I think it's gonna be a high percentage up there. So you just have to keep that in mind that I think a lot of people will take that pivot and, and take it to the bank. But look, let's not forget. Tennessee is good against the run. That's my only really thing against Kelly. Like that's, that's why I'm not doing it, but for 5K, it's not a bad play. It's not a it, it's not terrible. I just hey, think I'm there.
0: Jamal Williams was at what 5,200 last week, right? We faded him for that exact reason. Uh do I think Joshua Kelly is probably better than Jamal Williams? Sure. Uh, but I, I can't just see an avenue where Josh Kelly pays off at the five K range. Uh, you know, I'd like to play Roshan Johnson a little bit more, I would like to play even Deion Jackson, just because I don't think he's going to see any ownership, right? Like that could completely Mm -hmm. differentiate your, your lineup from anybody else's because he's going to see like less than three percent. To be honest
1: with you, like once you scroll up a little bit more, those are the Pierce, the cook, you know, Brees Hall's in this range, like all these other guys, Algiers touched on equity. You got Montgomery again. There's a, I think once you scroll up a little bit more from that 55 to about 65, All of a sudden, I think you've got a lot of really good options. Jameer Gibbs, I think, is an intriguing option, too. But, like, that $1,000 range to me is more profitable and less risky. Whereas, I think the other guys, like, you're really just asking a lot. You know, I know Spears carried the ball a lot last week. But, again, he's not 100% either going into the weekend. So, it's a a tricky running back slate, I think, on Sunday. (laughs) It
0: is. It absolutely is. All right. So, we have our sleeper in there with Flowers. We have our solo uh, naked runner with Anthony Richardson i got a guy for
1: you all right let's go how about josh jacobs against the buffalo bills defense that did not look great giving up some giant runs to Brees hall uh to me you know jacobs i was not surprised he was a little slow week one but i don't think he's going to be slow in week two like i think you're going to get a steady diet of him especially because jacoby myers is out right so all of a sudden now you got to get somebody else working in the passing game those targets are vacated I don't think they're all going to go to Hunter Renfro necessarily. So they're going to go to Josh Jacobs. So I could see Jacobs at 7,100 being a really intriguing picket off of the highly rest- rostered ATN and the highly rostered Bijan John Robinson. And I think Jacobs could have a very big day.
0: It, was there a more stress alleviating slash just exciting moment for you than watching Brees Hall break through the line and then such a letdown
1: because he couldn't get away from the. defense. Yeah. But like just (laughs) the fact that he broke that run made me feel so good. Chase, I can't tell you how many cheap shares I bought at the end of the year on like his stock just plummeted the last two weeks of the season and right at the peak of draft season. And I just took him everywhere because he's the younger, better back. Like that's it. It's not a knock on Dalvin cook. And I, it's a shame that Aaron Rodgers can't be part of that offense, but you know what? Like, we'll see. You know, I, I'm, I'm I'm happy to have all the Brees hall that I can.
0: It didn't hurt Brees hall last year. Just saying.
1: No. no.
0: All right. So we got Josh Jacobs in there, you know, hopefully he's poised for, for a rebound up against Buffalo. I like it. I don't think he's going to see high ownership. Cause like you brought up, there's just other guys that, that, you know, are going to take away shares. I think Derek Henry is probably going to see significant ownership. Tony Pollard, Bijan Robinson. I mean, even Saquon Barkley could see some significant ownership. So pivoting, down to 7100 with josh jacobs makes some sense gives us a little bit of uh wiggle room in terms of trying to attack the wide receiver position i believe as well uh where would you like to go after this i mean we could run it back
1: with with damian pierce and think we could just get into a run runoff battle we can oh uh, damian pierce is interesting and then maybe dj Moore is a guy we haven't put in a lineup either that i think is going to work a lot more in the second week like and is that's he not another making guy into our first through. lineup I don't believe he did. Maybe he did. I can't remember now, but I know we talked about him earlier, but I don't think he made it into that lineup. Cause I think that was chase Ayuk and Ridley. I believe that. First oh, you're
0: lineup. right. You're right. Yeah. See? Oh man. DJ Moore should have made He'll it the try. last one. I love. Well, well, let's
1: get him in here. He's going to work no, in he here. Did. DJ same. Moore, Zay Flowers. This is called this is called the volume network. This is that <laughs> <laughs> that's what hopefully, this group is. Right here. All the volume right here. Uh oh my seriously, God, like that's, not right. that's some serious, that's some serious volume with those four players, I think, potentially that you're gonna have. All right, so you pick the RB next. Where do you want to go? You want to go with Pierce and cheap out a little bit? Well, there was you want one you to get your Amon Ra guy in here.
0: Amon uh, Amon Ra's a big one, but there was one guy that I wanted to go with in the last lineup, and we ended up pivoting going with Amon Raw mm-hmm. St. Brown. Um Keenan Allen up against the Tennessee Titans. You know, right? we discussed how tough it is to run up against Tennessee Titans. Meanwhile, they're cakewalk in terms of being able to pass on them last week. They ended up being the 31st overall team in terms of fantasy points given up to the wide receiver position. Uh Keenan Allen had a little bit of a disappointing week last week. I think that he comes back and has a massive week. Or actually, I, I could see ourselves pivoting over and going with Mike Williams. I think that Mike Williams is interesting on the outside. That's where we saw a lot of success up against the Tennessee Titans last week too. Mike Williams could be a guy, which one do you prefer? We are looking at a pretty big price difference. Uh, yeah,
1: that's 2,400. That's a huge price difference. Um, can we try Keenan Allen and see what happens? I'll tell you what. Can we can we lock in the defense and the tight end? You want to put Kincaid yeah. at a tight end at a cheap defense, and then maybe Keenan Allen will feel a little bit more fuzzy for us then. <laughs> yeah, that works for me. I'm let's telling. try Kincaid, and then let's try. um Let's <laughs> do try we, the, what Do the we want order?
0: to stack Anthony Richardson with the defense? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, look I got are they cheaper than the Falcons or no Falcons are still cheaper
0: I think Falcons are cheaper I'm down to Falcons
1: Falcons. Are cheaper yeah let's go Falcons Falcons are cheaper still 32 save 200 bucks if you got 200 left I'll let you buy the Colts how's that uh, how's that we'll right let you buy I, was, the Colts.
0: I was halfway kidding about him being the running back over there
1: and, and stacking the defense with the running back so hey it's uh, not it, you ain't wrong <laughs> like it's I don't think it's a halfway kid at all all right let's try Keenan Allen and see what that bad boy looks like now all right going to be pricey, at- but I think we can work it out. I think we can figure it
0: out. Uh, all right. Then we would have to pay down at running back. What if we went? Let's see what Mike Williams would look like just because. I 7, mean, 7, we're 100. talking about 7,100 per player with Mike Williams in there. That means that we can pay up and get, you know, a Jamar Chase like you brought up earlier in the episode. We can get Amon ra St. Brown in there like we were discussing up against Seattle.
1: All right. Let's do Amon Ra because we like to get him in the lineup there. So, again, this is the volume play. This is the volume play uh, with Jacobs in there as well. <laughs> we and look, run 6,400, we're Gibbs? right in that range. You, I was going to say Gibbs is that guy, right? You want to talk about, you know, or Cook, one of those two guys, James Cook or Jameer Gibbs, you know, catching the footballs, maybe get some big games from them. It's pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm in for, for Jameer Gibbs or Cook. Uh, Jameer Gibbs makes sense did, as Cook. a runback. Let's do Gibbs. It'll be fun.
0: I'm down. Da- It'll be fun. It's, it's your money.
1: It It'll be good. Now you got a hundred dollars no, left. Is that enough for you to get your Colts? Or no, we said 200. So no, but I don't really care about
0: that anyway. So that was that was more of a, a jest
1: at, at of course. Hey, but right that's, that's a pretty good lineup back. right there. That, I that like dog it, man. will hunt. Richardson, Jacobs, Gibbs, Flowers, Moore, St. Brown, Kincaid, Williams, and Falcons. Not too shabby. And I think it's different enough, too. All right. Let's go ahead and submit this
0: in. We are in. We are good to go. Uh, do we have anything else to to add in here I, I don't think I don't, so, buddy i think we're we're about I think we've done. done the work
1: now no, it's, we have we, the now work. do I get a piece of this if it hits that's the thing
0: if, if it hits like, if this wins a million 100? dollars what's the deal <laughs> if you it know? hits over 100 i'll split it with you 50 50.
1: deal we did the work well done. actually we'll done. do 60 40 how's that because right. you know you, right. you did most of the work you're, you're the one <laughs> clicking everything i'm the one clicking everything all right
0: joe you want to let everybody know where to find you if they don't know already but you know they probably already do of course <laughs>
1: i'm sure they do it's unfortunate <laughs> don't look for me uh you can follow me on the twitter machine or x or whatever the hell it is today it's joe P's at P's 17 check me out on fantasy pros podcast betting pros podcast and every sunday two hours on your tv on sports grid television 8 to 10 a.m eastern Talking football, getting you ready. Two hours of fantasy football on TV. Yes, it does happen on Sports Grid. So uh, great uh, being here. I appreciate you having me, Chase. Dude, thanks for
0: coming on, Joe. It's been a pleasure. You guys can go pick us out over there at Player Profiler. Of course, go join the YouTube channel. Make sure you'll hit subscribe, like, leave some comments for us. You guys have been great in the chat tonight. Thank you guys for tuning in. It has been a pleasure.